0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Ellman with the Department of Communication. This week, we're going to hit the road and travel out to Ypsilanti, where we'll give our listeners an inside look at a wide range of services and resources available at Michigan Medicine's Ypsilanti Health Center. Before we do that, you can stay right where you are and get caught up in any of the past episodes of The Wrap. They can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. They are also included every Friday as part of the Headlines Week in Review. With that, let's bring in Liddell Cochran, Clinic Manager at the Ypsilanti Health Center. Her clinic and all of its unique offerings were featured earlier this week in Headlines. Liddell, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, it's great to be here, Dan. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the Ypsilanti Health Center, so from like a medical perspective, what sort of patients do you see, and how big is your facility?
1: We see OB to the grave, so we take care of everyone in between uh, pediatrics and family medicine, but we have a ton of uh, additional resources and providers that come to Ipsilani OBGEN is there, uh, pulmonology is there for pediatrics, and so what we normally do is bring in a bunch of um, uh, assistance to be able to help us. Sometimes transportation is a barrier in Ypsilanti, Mm -hmm. and so we bring those groups to Ypsilanti in order to help care for our patients. Uh, Ypsilanti is a really neat clinic uh, in the heart of Ypsilanti, and we care for uh, a lot of our indigent populations within the community. We're 66 percent Medicaid, and uh, it's situated uh, in a great part, northern part of Ipsy. From a medical perspective, the The types of patients that we see um, sometimes are more of the more sicker Mm -hmm. patients. They have a lot of health issues. Many of them have struggled with health insurance, so sometimes they haven't always kept up on their care. Those are the patients that we're taking care of.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And, And as this week's story demonstrated, your team offers a lot more than just their medical care, right? What other sorts of resources are made available to patients and community members?
1: For the patients in the community, we're open to everybody. We have our marketplace, of course, which we talk about uh, often. And we found that 41% of our patients were food insecure, identified as food insecure. And so um, we partner with food gatherers, and we have... A marketplace situated inside the clinic. We call it a marketplace on purpose so that it will remove the stigma of asking for food. Uh-huh. Many of our uh, patients and the community members that come to the marketplace haven't really been anywhere else before. They don't go to other pantries within the community at all. It feels different because it's a provider office. It feels great when your doc is saying stop by the marketplace and grab these things and the staff will be able to help you. The other things that we give and we talked a little bit about that in the headlines is we uh, give away. Baby safety gates, and um, we have a car seat program where we give away car seats and we install them actually at uh, Ypsilanti Fire Department um, once a month. We have gun locks in the clinics that we give away to our families, and we don't ask them whether or not they have guns in their homes. We ask them if they need a gun lock. Okay. And if they need a, a gun lock, they can go ahead and take that. But we're taking care of our families in many ways. We notice that sometimes our children don't necessarily have many of the things that they need, underwear and or socks. And um, our providers and the staff, sometimes they spend a lot of their own money to make sure that uh, our patients have some of the things that we need. So we do give um, many things away to the patient, but also to the community.
0: Yeah, and I was sort of going to ask, and I think you answered it too, a lot of low-income patients um, in your community but why are these various resources, whether it's it's the Maggie's Marketplace that you mentioned or the child safety equipment, why have they been made such a priority for Ipsy?
1: I think that it's challenging for us to only look at their medical care mm-hmm. without looking at the other things that they're faced with each month that, that, that are greater challenges for them, i.e., Uh, If transportation is a barrier for them to come to the clinic, they're most likely are going to no-show for their appointments if they don't have a ride. So we try and figure out how we're going to be able to help them to get a ride. Uh, We talk about um, whether or not their insurance has lapsed and things like that, but then they may just need day-to-day things. Um, to help them throughout. So if we're talking about their medical care, we can't talk about their A1Cs or their blood pressures without discussing whether or not they're eating healthy, whether or not they have access to healthy foods. Many of our patients do not. Most of the patients that come to um, Ipsy asking for support most often are, are working poor. So these are folks that are already working. They don't qualify for certain things from the state. Um, and we're helping in any way possible to try and better help to support them. In the past, we've partnered with GAP, and we have and had a, a, a GAP person working inside of our clinic, a GAP social worker, to help them with the tangible needs, mm-hmm. which has been very, very helpful to be able to offload those things to this GAP social worker who um, would try and be sure to meet the needs of the patients in a tangible way. We're limited with some of the resources that we're able to give to them. But we had been in the past helping with utilities, and we have uh, DTE Energy-trained um, staff members that work at Ipsy that can help delay us a, a shut-off notice, that could help to um, change a payment
0: or a payment date on behalf of the patient for DTE Energy. So how have those resources sort of been received by community members or by your patients? I know Maggie's Marketplace has been incredibly popular, serving a lot of patients, a lot of meals, um, but but have the other services been quite as popular?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a ton of patients that are looking for um, this support on a regular basis. For example, uh, we helped at some point with an eviction, and we needed to not Help as much as we have been because we have been giving a lot of resources away to the patients. Uh And uh, there have been. Uh, some talk about whether or not we were doing too much for the patient and limiting the amount of help and support that we give to them and so we would have them to go check in with the SOS crisis center for example to try and see if they can get money for their eviction we would ask them to check in with um, other state resources to try and see if it could assist and we would assist as much as we could uh, which is it's great it's a great feeling I think that um Many of our patients may not know the resources that they have available to them within the community, Mm -hmm. and so sometimes we're the bridge that's bridging the gap
0: between the two to try and help them to do that. That way we can take care of their overall care. Right, and treat the whole person, right? That's right. And, and I think it's really important the way you just said that, that you can sort of serve as a bridge. Because uh, the, the final thing that I wanted to touch on that was in the headline story is that your team has physicians and other clinicians who are bilingual. And that sort of bridges the gap, again, right, between patients and their caregivers. Um, why has that been such a priority for your clinic as well, where you're sort of making sure that there isn't a language barrier there either.
1: We have about 20 percent of our patients speak another language or uh, a, a different language is their, their primary language mm-hmm. outside of English. We want them to be able to get the great care that they need in their own language without that being a barrier. Sometimes um, other departments that uh, help to, to support us Oftentimes, they may not have as much staffing as we need in order to take care of the patients that we do have in Ipsy. I felt like in in many of our staff members and and our medical director, if we hire within the community, if we look for people that speak these languages, if we make that a priority, Arabic, Spanish, French, West African, then we can get the patients what we need. And so we have two uh, Spanish speaking clerical staff working on the phones, taking the phone calls, interpreting for um, the patient and to make sure that their appointments get scheduled when they come into the clinic. There's someone at check in that's able to help. Uh, With that language and the same for uh, Arabic, the same right now, also for uh, our French West African population, we're um, making a lot of tread with that. But then also, if the MA is speaking Spanish, and the provider is speaking Spanish, then we can have these clinics called full Latino clinics, Mm. and um, looking and working towards uh, a full Arabic clinic is something that we're supportive of and I'm starting to watch that population pick up
0: suddenly because now we have the resources available to be able to help to support them. Sort of the chicken the egg thing right? That you is right. Of, yeah that's, that's great. Um, if our listeners want to help YHC in any way how can they do so?
1: If our listeners want to help White Sea, you can do that by uh, donating financially to the marketplace. You are welcome to come and volunteer. We love having volunteers. Mm-hmm. We would love to have you. We are receiving donations biweekly, and um, sometimes it's challenging. We're receiving sometimes upwards of about 2,500 pounds of food ah. in a couple different pallets. And so we could use the help and the support. Uh, With that, we would love to have personal shoppers and people that could help our families to come and shop through the marketplace and help them to their cars. They may not um, be able to carry groceries, and we have grocery carts to help them also. But if we could have uh, personal shoppers, that's terrific as well. We take donations any day, any time. Um, And and if anyone just wants to support and just to come out and see what we're doing there, welcome to come. We'd love to have you.
0: Great stuff. Thank you so much, Liddell, for being here. I appreciate everything your clinic is doing to help people across the region. If you want to learn more about the Ypsilanti Health Center, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, check out other important stories from this past week. For instance, the Rogel Cancer Center celebrated its 25th year of hosting a Survivor's Day event for everyone who has been affected by cancer. Additionally, readers learned the remarkable story of 8-year-old Evie, a Mott patient who has learned that music therapy helps get her through many of her medical procedures. It's a tremendous story that has made an impact around the world. Finally, employees were recognized by colleagues, patients, and family members for making a difference last month. All that and more can be found at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the employee perk of the week. This week, it's all about fun. It's because all Michigan Medicine employees can get an exclusive discount to one of the world's largest amusement parks, Cedar Point. To take advantage of this offer, go to mmheadlines.org, search employee perks, and click on the Cedar Point link under the Attractions and Theme Parks category. Cedar Point, of course, is the perfect summer destination if you're looking to have a blast over the next few months. All right, it's trivia time. Last week, we asked listeners who received the Rudy Ansbacher Leadership Award during the recent Leadership Summit on women? The answer was D. Fenner, M.D. Congratulations to Melissa Sean, a senior pre-award grant specialist who sent in the correct answer. Melissa, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question, I'm going to hand it back over to Liddell. This week's question is...
1: When did Maggie's Marketplace at the Ypsilanti Health Center open its doors for the first time? Once again, when did Maggie's Marketplace open its doors for the first time? You can find the answer in this week's headline stories. And once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umish.edu and you can win a great prize. And everyone who sends in the correct answer will be entered into a drawing to win an
0: Amazon Echo. Thank you so much, Liddell, for being here, and thank you to all of our listeners for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. And that's a wrap.